Hey everybody, let me tell you about Crystal Smith. Crystal's been around Mid-Cities for over three years. She's a student from UTPB, majored in engineering, was involved in our Every Nation Campus Ministry. Right before her graduation at our Christmas gathering at ENC, she shared some of her testimony. And man, that's where I first heard it. I thought, man, this would be great for you to hear today some of what God's done through this incredible young woman. Uh, she's an engineer today. She lives in Iran and comes to Mid-Cities as often as she can. When she was living in Midland, she served in the kids' ministry. Uh, and she is, you may not know this about her, but she's learning crochet. So if any of you guys got any tips, come hit her up after the service. She's got something from God, and she's from the pew to you. Welcome, Crystal Smith. Everybody, I am so excited to be here. Um, so during worship today, um, this just hit my mind. I was praising and I was praying to the Lord, please today speak through me. And, and then as I was praying, I was just like, well, Lord, you know, if I go up there and I stumble over my words and I make a fool of myself, well, then I'll do that too. <laughs> so here I am. So, so this past week, um, I was attempting to kick off one of my new field projects. And, you know, that's just when I realized that I'm so thankful that God has everything figured out because I sure don't. And everything in the oil field is tied together. And when one aspect is missing, it causes problems down the line. And you don't always know what that is. And that's similar in life. We don't always know what is missing, but God always provides. So I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas. And on the screens, this is uh, my family uh, from not that long ago. Uh, my dad's on the right uh, with baby Crystal in his lap. And my mom's on the left with my twin brother Jacob on her lap. And fast forward a few years, this is us now. <laughs> and as you can see, uh, not a lot has changed. <laughs> so that's my, that's my amazing family. <laughs> So when I was younger, I, um, my parents really prioritized going to church. And we went to a Methodist church, and my parents set an example for me by serving. But over time, it became less and less of a priority because me and my brother, we were active in a lot of sports tournaments and activities on the weekends, so soon we just stopped going altogether. But the seeds had already been planted in me. Early in high school, I decided I wanted to play tennis in college. And so that's where I placed most of my focus and my time for the rest of high school. Now, UTPB wasn't my first option, but it ended up being my only option if I wanted to stay relatively close to home. So I was able to get a tennis scholarship and pursue my degree in chemical engineering. When I got to college, I had a strong urge to find a new church. So I wanted to test a lot of churches and, and see what, I, what was out there. But I got overwhelmed by all these new friends classes, tennis, and I couldn't balance it all, and I never got the opportunity to establish myself. And then COVID hit that spring. So me and my brother, we had both gotten used to the taste of the freedom of college. So going back home under my parents' roof to lights out at 10 and no phones was a tough transition for us. <laughs> so while at home, I started working part-time at Domino's and full-time at a healthcare lab to save money. So during that summer, I was mostly working or trying to find open tennis courts. Returning back to college in the fall, 
I was exposed to heavy peer pressure to start drinking. I had never been interested, but as time went on, I was less and less inclined to say no. And I got used to the pattern of the world. And weekends started to look like, where are we going out tonight? Uh, whose place are we going to be at? And this brought a lot of shame, guilt, and fear into my relationships. And, and I was tempted by the fun everyone else seemed to be having, wondering why I wasn't having the same experience. And at this point, I had fallen so short of God's glory that I thought that I didn't deserve his love, that I had ruined his plan for me, whatever he had. So the following year, um, I began to attend Mid-Cities every week with one of the new girls on my team that ended up being one of my best friends. And we started going to Every Nation campus, the college ministry here. And going through the one-to-one, -one, I learned what being saved meant. Um, in Romans chapter 10, 9 through 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Before, I thought you were saved because, because of how you acted, because of what you did, how you treated others, but you're saved despite your imperfectness, because of God's grace, that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you. So even knowing this, I still hesitated. I still thought I didn't deserve it. I couldn't forgive myself. And I was also scared to give up my plan for my life. I didn't want to give up control. I had worked so hard in tennis and my classes to get to where I was that I was scared, what if God's plan is different? Am I ready for that? Even my own plan was blurry, but at least it was mine. So all of this was running through my head, but I had to ask myself, would I rather live in fear or trust in the Lord's good plan for me? So I gave up my life to the Lord, and I confessed my sins. And all my shame and guilt and fear was replaced by overwhelming peace and love. I had a new identity in Christ. I completed the one-to-one, -one, and then the Purple Book, a more in-depth discipleship tool, and I got to speak at ENC. The Lord was pushing me out of my comfort zone, and the more I pursued him, the more he challenged me and he called me. And as he was moving me in exciting new ways, this period also led to the most challenging moments. I was different, and that led to some confusion in my relationships, wondering why don't you want that anymore? Why are you different? And it was harder for me to relate to the world, but I had trouble stepping out of it completely. My atmosphere hadn't changed. The only thing that had changed was me. I was trying to live half in the world and half in Christ, but I couldn't have both. There was some time where I was without my spiritual family, and I stopped attending church and being in the Word. I fell back into worldly patterns, but even as I did, I found no joy in it, but I felt trapped, that I had failed once again. I was in a dark place from my sin that I hardly recognized myself. I felt like a fraud, a hypocrite. Then the Lord reached out and he reminded me who I really was. That I had been trying to fit into everyone else's box that they had for me. 
But what I knew to be true was that I was a child of God, that I was marked by that identity before I was born, that I didn't have to try to fit into any boxes, that God had already designed me perfectly. My God is a faithful, persistent, and loving God. He had been waiting and moving in my heart the whole time. And I was all in. I rededicated my life to him, and I surrendered to his plan and his will. I stopped making God an option, and I made him my priority, which meant attending church, reading his word, and seeking him out. I began to turn from obedience to the world and became obedient to him. I stopped wanting to go out to drink, to cuss, and put, my situ- put myself in situations where I might be tempted to sin. I began to start conversations about God with my friends and to encourage them. I was called into ministry and service, and I began to question my life after college, all my plans. But when I placed my trust in him, he placed me exactly where I needed to be, which is in the small town of Ira Ann, Texas. So every day, I find new reasons for why he placed me here. I want my life from this moment to be a testament to the change that he has done in me. So what does it mean to be obedient to the Lord? What is lordship? Means that the Lord has all authority over your life. Not just the parts you're willing to give up, but all of it from before you were born. So when I was in my teen years, I would push back against my parents' rules. Well, that week, it was my turn to take out the trash, and I didn't want to. And tomorrow was trash day, so I I kept putting it off, putting it off, thinking, okay, I'll do in a little bit, I'll do in a little bit. Well, then my dad comes and says, Crystal, you need to take out the trash now. And there was something about him telling me to do it that I no longer wanted to do it. I never had any intention of doing it. So as a typical teenage girl, I said, no, I'm not gonna do it and storm off to my room. So that's similar in how we defy the Lord. The Lord tells us to love others. Say, Lord, well, you don't understand. They're, they're really getting on my last nerve right now. And you know, when I think about it, they're not even that good of a friend to me. And then the Lord says in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? And try to justify it. And well, Lord, I just needed a moment to calm down. You know, you don't understand. You know, I'm not gonna listen to you anymore. And you storm off. And from that separation brings resentment, detachment. You become hateful in your heart And it not only affects you, but it affects others. And then now the house smells like trash because I didn't want to take it out. There is a reason that we obey him. We are the children of God. And we are called to be disciplined to him as we are to our own parents. Obedience to the Lord is a lifelong journey. Hebrews chapter 12, 11 states, For the moment... All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The Lord tells us what to do through his word. We have to become disciplined enough to actively listen to it and apply it. Every morning and every night for a few minutes, 
You brush your teeth. Why do you do it? Because you're disciplined. There are no immediate benefits or is it enjoyable. But over time, your teeth become whiter. Your breath doesn't smell as bad to others. <laughs> and trips to the dentist aren't painful anymore. That's the same with staying in God's word. You will begin to change your attitudes and your actions. Then your friends and your family, they'll start to notice that too. And when difficult situations arise, it will not be so painful. Our Lord is a loving Father. His love is freely given to us. And we can ask ourselves, Lord, who am I to deserve this? The only answer when you pause and take a second is to be grateful, grateful to the Lord. Our Lord is active. He doesn't just linger on the outskirts of the valley of death. He walks into the middle of it and delivers you out. When you lay in bed and don't understand how you could have failed him so much, the Lord says, my child, you are good enough. When you are alone, the Lord will introduce someone into your life that pushes you towards him and encourages you. When you are chained down in your fear, the Lord breaks the chains. We don't save ourselves, the Lord saves us. Uh, would you bow your heads with me? All right. Dear Lord, thank you for being our loving Father and being active in our lives. I pray that you move in our hearts, that you open our eyes and make us aware of the people in our lives that need the good news, that you make us the type of friend that encourages others. God, move in the lives of our friends and our family, and thank you for equipping us when we don't feel adequate. Thank you for saving us. You leave the flock to find the one lamb that strayed away. Help us to be an example of your glory, goodness, and hope. Give us strength to reflect your kingdom in church, but also when we leave here today. With your grace, we can be Jesus followers at work in our families and in the midst of chaos, Lord. God, be our rock of faith, our mountain of hope, and our father of strength. Amen.